This is Kieran Murphy, the founder and presenter of the Across the Four Lakes podcast. At the end of the day, you ask players to do a job, and no matter what we do, say, we can be called great lads now, and we have the team moving. We haven't been moving. It's the players that do it. We can't train. Carlo have restarted quickly. Long ball sent into that inside forward line. Oh, and it's broken for James Doyle. Goal chance for Carlo, and they've taken it. On Sunday, Michel travelled to Clane to take on James Stevens in the intermediate Camogie final. Michel manager Brendan Hayden is no stranger to finals, having played in five senior club finals with Aerog in the 90s. Brendan, as I said in my introduction, you were no stranger to Leinster finals, both as a player and a manager. You're back in another Leinster final on Sunday now, up in Clane with Michel. What's the feelings? Actually, looking forward to it, Kieran. To be honest with you, um, as a player, I suppose I played in five, and then there was a couple of replays. I think in total it could have been eight in total, but uh, this is totally different because um, you're on the other side of the white line, I suppose. And once the game starts, um, you would hope that the influences that you were trying to bring into the game before it um, are brought onto the pitch by the players. But other than that, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, seeking to manage a team to be successful in, in the Leinster final. Have you done it with schools or with, with clubs before? Um, I was involved with Tom Mullally when Carla won the All-Ireland Under-21 a number of years ago. Um, a couple of schools, I was with Leo's, where we won three All-Ireland Senior A Colleges football. And I think they won six or Leinsters in that time as well. That was in around the late 90s, early 2000s and that. But... Um, Actually, you're always, you know, there's only one winner at the end of the year and you're trying to get your team to be that successful team. Yeah. And um, why should? I was talking to a friend of mine a number of years ago and he asked me would I go and give a little hand out there and kind of got the graph from it from there. I think that was about four or five years ago. Um, kind of more as a coach than anything. Um, got a graph for it. Got a graph for the girls, the way they're working, the way they apply themselves. Um, I see it as a challenge for me as a coach. Um, I'm a professional coach, um, but as a, an amateur coach, if you like, it's a great challenge for me um, to see can I bring the girls on, improve them. They're obviously highly successful and highly driven. Um, but I felt for me personally, it was a great challenge to see could I add something to it. Yeah, and they set the bar very high. Like the county finals are great for them and they really enjoy them and they really celebrate with them. But they aim every year. They they want to run in Leinster. And winning a Leinster final, they've done it before. So that's the pressure you're under. Ah, well, I'm not under any pressure at all, okay. to be honest okay. with you. you know? um, <laughs> no, like, they never ever take county finals for granted. And the way to prepare for this one this year was a kind of an eye-opener for me. Um, and I, I think about this a lot. You know, People ask you, what's the secret? The secret is to go down to the field on a Tuesday, and Thursday and a Sunday morning and watch how these girls apply themselves. Um, every year there's new blood coming in there uh, there's a couple of new faces in there get, making their way onto the team this year 
and for them it's their first county final um, you know thinking of Kieran Nolan there playing cornerback made her way onto the team held her place right through Sarah Sheen got broken in this year like so you can talk about 20s and 23s or whatever but for those girls it's their first to start and finish county final so and every year there's only one county final and the girls really really apply themselves for that yeah, and, and if I remember rightly, Sarah Sheen in that game, and she's still under 18, I think she got a, a vital point when Nave Breed were throwing the, the everything at you. Yeah, I think it was just after the goal, um, yeah. and the puck out went against us, and the second one came and it broke, and I think she broke two tackles and got a score. Now, she was only still only 15 years of age at that, that stage. Age, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, for a young lady like that, she showed remarkable leadership. Um, so it's very very important and it's cherished by those girls at, at that young age they're coming in they're playing in the first county final some of them have 12s 13s and that but you know every county final for them they approach it as they're obviously the only one they're going to play that year yeah yeah and any any more of the young players who have impressed you as well um, well sure as I say Kira's made her way onto the team Gillian Doyle is very solid a corner back Amy Onion all in at wing back, uh, Rihanna Kenny in midfield, they're all minors. Quiva is a minor. There's five minors on it. Um, and they before the Leinster semi final there, they had to go and win represent their club and win a minor county final as well. So it, like it you're talking about age, young ones impressing, like it, to see how the older girls That was my next question, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They set the example, they don't do, they? They do like and I keep saying this uh, in when we're doing the striking drills, you just wouldn't want to be walking around with your mouth open there because the way to strike the ball, uh, you just wouldn't want to be getting a belt of it. I mean, their their intent, like, and yeah. obviously, like for me this year, striking was a huge uh, emphasis for me. Um, but the way they bought into it, they're just you know they're really quality strikers of the ball, and it's it's full pelt every yeah. in every drill and every game that we play. Yeah, I was on the line down in the training centre for one of your games and I remember Kate Nolan got this ball somewhere around the 40 her own 40 metre line and she just drilled it down into the corner now there was nobody there and you I knew you were a bit upset by it you certainly you, you blinked at you and you turned around you said to one of your assistant coaches write that down there we'll have a discussion about that at half time or words to that effect probably not the words you actually used but here is Kate Nolan, an iconic figure. You're about 10 points up in the game, and yet you feel that this is bad habits creeping in, and it's something you wanted to... I'd imagine... I, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm preempting what you're going to say now, but imagine what you're thinking, bad habits. You don't want bad habits, and it doesn't matter who does it. Yeah, well, sure, Kate is a member of the panel, the same as all the other girls are. Yeah. Um, and if we're working to a system, or we're trying to work on something in the field and bring it to the match... Um, seeing that happen like as you you told me that there was nobody down there so i would in a very nice way ask kate why did you put the ball down there if there's nobody down there yeah um you know everybody buys into it like i'm only part of the team and the girls themselves set the standards as well like and like if kate is winning the ball at an hour and a half back nine and poking it away it's probably going to come back to her twice as quick um Another question would be, well, why wasn't there somebody there looking for it? So, you know, that's all part of the coaching program and the coaching plan that we're working on. Um, and whether it's Kate, one of the other girls in, like if they're buying into what we're doing, I have to go and address that as the coach. Yeah, yeah. Funny enough, you talk about that. One of your former teammates, Joe Murphy. Remember Joe Murphy, one day um, I asked him, you know, goalkeeper made a mistake or a defender made a mistake. 
high ball came in, you know, and it didn't it didn't end up well. And Joe's initial response to me was, "Why? How did the ball come in so easily? Why was somebody not out the field, uh, preventing that ball from coming in?" Yeah, I suppose in that situation or in any of those situations, you have to look at the source, um, and you you're looking for a solution to the problem and. Possibly the problem is not the goalkeeper dropping the ball or somebody getting a touch on it. It's where it came from. And you go back maybe 10, 15 seconds and you say, well, if Brendan Hayden was doing his job there, that mightn't have been as delivered as clinically as that. So, you know, you, you might say to the goalie, oh, I took off the goalie, he dropped the ball. But you have to look at where it came from to that, find that's, the source. That's, that's my point and yeah. possibly your point and Joe Murphy's point as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good minds thinking like <laughs> I wouldn't be like to be a, I wouldn't like to be compared to you two lads anyway. All right. Um and the drive for perfection. It just it just keeps going it just, among all the players. Yeah, like as I say they want to represent themselves, their family and their club well. Um and in the coaching sessions they're they're pushing on all the time. We set standards and we set challenges and you know, the players try to meet them. You know, will you ever get perfection or what is perfection? Um, like if you win the Leinster final on Sunday, what's perfection after that and after that and after that? So, you know, as a friend of mine, Mickey Hall said, uh, perfection sometimes gets in the way of good. So look, you can sh- pursue perfection all you like, but given the time of year that we're playing, the conditions that we're playing in, the coach has to have empathy for the players and see what, like up in... Where were we up in the Fina last week? There was a bitter cold wind and some of the girls were actually white with the cold. But yet to stay going and you know, you can't berate them too much if they miss a jab lift or a catch. Like you have to have empathy for the players in okay. that situation. So, you know, perfection you can chase it. Um, and we we try and do that, but yeah, you have to have empathy for your players as well. Yeah, what game gave you more satisfaction in Leinster this year? So um, far. I suppose there were two Similar games and yet they were different. Um, we were in well in control against Nace, we felt. Um, and looking back on it, we were. They got a bit of momentum. And again, the wind, whatever way the pitches are being designed, the wind just seems, seems to blow right down one way or the other. Um, and in fairness to Nace, when they got the momentum, they got two goals on us, I think. Sorry, they got a goal and then they got won a couple of puckouts. I think we looking back, we lost four of our own puckouts in a row after they got the goal. And one of them led to the second goal. I, the composure, um, we had a good chance for a pass to create a score to win the match, and we didn't take it. And we went into the dressing room after that, and it was very calm. And I remember Tommy Murphy saying, like, what were you saying to him? Like, we, was, we were just talking, same as I'm talking to you. And we came out, and we won one six to a point. And I think six of those scores came from composed passing. And for me, that was, it was real clinical. It was real a learning curve for the girls. The game on Sunday then was very different. Um, sticky pitch. Again, the Nafina got the momentum on us, but we stayed com- composed and stayed calm. Yeah, and we just remember, you, you were six points up, wasn't it, at half-time? Yeah, we were six yeah, up at yeah, half-time, yeah. and I suppose a goal or two would have complemented that, but we didn't get them. Nafina were very, very tight in the backs. Um, Kira Quirk hit a remarkable free from... 13 metres on the sideline and that's not an exaggeration or an imagination she, it was a fantastic free into the wind um, that gave us a small bit of breathing space and Nafina came at us again and then Quiva popped up with her 
with her score and yeah, she was very gutsy points, yeah. yeah she yeah. was very gutsy to take it because she was involved in one or two little incidents before that when um, or in previous games maybe when she shot and she shouldn't have shot but in fairness to her she was gutsy and she got the score and we we held out then um, just on reflection of that then when you're talking about games like we'd be working a lot on hooking and blocking and Kira Quirk got in a fantastic hook with I think about 10 seconds 20 seconds left had the ball been delivered in it's quite possible the referee would have allowed it to happen to see what were developed and see what happened. But, you know, they're small margins and you get in a hook, your full forward coming out to the half-back line and getting a hook. Small little things win big games. Yeah, like work, work rate. Work, and that's work rate, maybe getting getting the sprint in to, uh, to get in that hook. It's, it's something that you're very, you're very strong on as well, aren't you? Well, there's a strong work ethic in the group. Um, and, you know... To try and get a hook instead of a frontal block in that situation was his real composure. Why she was out there, I have to talk to her about that. But obviously, <laughs> her experience brought her out there. Um, you know, and, and there are things that leaders do. You know, she went out there to lead from around the half back when we were under that bit of pressure, and that's what she did. Yeah, she's an amazing person. Her, like, yeah. her record proves that. Um, I spoke to her the other day about her striking, and I compared her to she's every bit as good a striker as Marty Cavan is from a dead ball or from a live ball because we've, when we'd be working in the drills and you'd be close to where she's striking the ball it's just the sound of it and the quality of the strike is, is just top class so she is a quality player but she understands and realises herself that she's only as good as the team and what she puts into it yeah really is only as good as the last game yeah, yeah or is that fair yeah uh, I suppose tradition shows that like I mean yeah. you look at boxers and they're only as good as their last five yeah, or players yeah. and they hang well, maybe on maybe it's more on. a mentality more an attitude I'm talking about than, than like you know your, your achievements can't be taken away from you really no and when you've achieved as much as Kira has obviously they can't but look there's more games in Kira and more quality yeah. games in her yeah funny you know you mentioned Marty Kavanagh and you mentioned a quirk and like her uncle Paddy like there's there would probably be a fair argument nowadays like who is the greatest player Paddy Quirk or Marty Kavanagh the, yeah, well, that discussion is happening at the moment. Ah, sure, it's just, yeah, yeah, but like, it, it's very difficult to see how, like, and I, I think I spoke to John Nolan about this. Football has changed dramatically um, in the last number of years, and I suppose it would be fairer to look at a player from our area and say, well, how would they get on in this game, or how would the lads play now get on when we were playing? But I don't think hurling has trend, changed dramatically because of the speed of it. Um, I don't know. If, and I'm not going to join the argument, but I wouldn't mind having Paddy at 11, Marty at 14, maybe Chris Nolan in there as well, but Mark Mullins and one or two more of that generation, just to see how they got on. Yeah. Do you, do you remember much about Paddy? Like, you would have played against him, wouldn't you? I would have played against yeah. him, and I yeah, played with yeah. him, um, obviously with County. Um, I think maybe three years we might have soldiered together with the County. Yeah, Paddy yeah. was coming to the end of his career. Um, I played against him quite a bit in the club, a gentleman, um, I'd meet him up and down. I'd met him coming out of the grounds last week, actually, after the St. Mullins match. Um, just a fantastic athlete. I remember we were playing, I think it was Meath or Down. We played Down up in Meath in an All-Ireland semi-final or final. And the bus, two buses were parked together and the Down lads were coming out. And they were asking the question, I couldn't use the language they were asking here, but they were asking, how did, did you, or where did you get that uh, Paddy Quirk fella? He just gave an exhibition of her on yeah. that day. Yeah. Despite... Uh, timber being more often from an early stage. Yeah, yeah. Do you know much about James Stevens? 
Not not particularly. No, I haven't seen any of their any footage of their games. Um, I think they're they're backbone by three All Ireland senior Camogie winners. Um, they're obviously a strong tradition down there. Um, they're, they're going to be very difficult to beat as we are. Um, they proved that last week with their resilient win over St Bridges from Leash. Um, it's going to be a very tight game. Um, I, I tend not to look too deeply into other teams, and that's not a disrespectful thing to say. We will obviously have a look at their strengths um, and see what we need to do. Um, but if we can get the performance over our own team, we'll see what the result does after that. Yeah. Did you really not look at Nafina or anything about them last weekend? No, not a whole lot, no. no. We understood that they were, they were very fit um, and going up there obviously was going to be an addition to them as well. Um, but honestly, we didn't. No, we focused on a couple of key things for ourselves couple of things that we try and stop them doing as well but I didn't see a video of Nafina. Amazing, amazing like you know nowadays everybody's looking for videos of this, videos of that and Yeah and, and sometimes you know when you see too much of a team and if, if such a player is playing really really well and I'm asking one of my girls to go look you're going to be marking such a player and she looks at this player and, oh, and you know it can kind of a detrimental effect too that the player can be nervous of going out in front and winning her own ball in case she misses it and she's punished. And so, look, it's it's um, it's kind of fifty fifty on whether you overload it or underload it, and just getting the balance right, I suppose, is the key to it. When do you announce your team to the panel? We're working off a very tight number at the moment. I think I have nineteen available players for Sunday, and two of those are carrying injuries. Um, we generally announce the team maybe 40 minutes before the match. Uh, one or two slight changes here and there. Maybe positional, maybe personnel. Um, it's just something we do. Um, it has never come up as an issue that the girls want to know beforehand or not beforehand. Generally, if the match is on at 2 o'clock on Sunday, around quarter past one, we'll announce the team. I can't even get my head around that because if I was involved in a Leicester final, I'd want to know the night before. I'd want to be preparing all that morning, it would be in my mind. I'd be sort of doing whatever players do. But look, it's worked for you the whole time, so it's not a criticism. I'm just, no. I'm just a mate. For me, it wouldn't work for me as yeah. a player. Yeah, but as a player, whether you knew you were playing or not, if you were, if you weren't playing, obviously as a sub in the modern game, you would have to be doing the same thing. Um, fair so point. That's a fair point. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, so, yeah. if. If you're number seventeen and you're playing, you say you're so wing back, like the way the modern game has gone with cards and injuries, you could be in there in three minutes and playing for fifty-seven. And if you're sitting in the, if you know the team and you're sitting in the dugout with a puss on you, you're not going to be ready to go in and do do what you should do for the team. But it, it's not an issue for us, so we, we we leave it as it is. Yeah, well, no, I do have to ask. Do you ever look when the team is being announced and uh, you look at a player? Disappointed face, does it happen? Or a player who's sort of relief, wow, I mean. Well, if a player is relieved that they're not playing, I don't think they no, should no, be. No, no, sorry, yeah. no, relieved that, that, oh, they I, are that, playing. that I, I'm, I'm in, I'm there. Yeah. Um, no, because... Yeah, I just oh, say, you made yeah. the point there that 19 players that, that yeah. could be in after three minutes. Yeah. It could be. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm focused on announcing the team. Um, I would have it written out in front of me um, and I'd call it. Um, sometimes you'd see the girls asking, where's where such a girl playing? And I'd go and call yeah, it again. Yeah, so yeah. 
I'm not looking around the dressing room. I need to make sure the team is called right as well because I made a couple of mistakes. Uh, oh, really? So I no, I tend to focus on announcing it, announcing it clearly, number by number and position by position. So no, I I don't be looking for, and I don't go in looking to see that either. That's kind of to me as a coach, that's a negative thing. Um, I'm not going in looking for negatives forty minutes before the match. Yeah, I didn't think it was negative thing, but there you are. <laughs> Listen, uh, what's your style of management? I can't imagine you're breaking hurls off a bench. Uh, they're too expensive anyway, but Brendan Hayden doesn't break hurls. Um, my management style. E- e- evil, um, evil over players. <laughs> ah, no, no. Uh, I'm very, I think I'm very calm. Um, on the line, I try to think things out. Um, I, I'm very fair with the girls. Um I managed. I have managed them quite well up to now. Um, now maybe their opinion of that would change. But I don't think so. Yeah, and oh look, I have a good relationship with the girls. I be before the start of every session, I would talk to every girl, um, address her by her first name, and just ask her how she is, how is your day, how's work, or whatever. I have a good relationship built up with them. Um, it's very important for me to do that, no matter whether it's the girls or any other team. I think managers have to talk and talk to players more so than talk at them. Uh, we do a lot of the talking during the week, um, so there's very little left to be said um, before before the match. Um, we try and emphasise the key points of what we're looking for in a calm, controlled way. Obviously, there are times when their voices are raised and you have to, you have to do that as well. Um, but in general, I'm trying to be very calm. If I'm panicking on the line, the girls will panic on the pitch. And they'll spot it. And they'll, they'll they will pick up. Time, if I'm yeah. and I'm guilty of this, I was on to the referee and this and I shouldn't have been. Um led to one or two things on the pitch and I controlled myself a bit better for the last couple of matches. All right. All right. Listen, Brendan, I've just finished up, but I, I I couldn't but not ask you, do you still think of the nineties and those great years were they rogue? Ah yeah, of course you would. Yeah. Um we had a fantastic run um from around 91 when the thing started to roll off until i don't know maybe it was 98 but even after that things were good you know we had a couple of defeats in county finals but they were fantastic days um especially around leinster championship time when you see the matches going on it's you know you'd look and you'd reminisce and um there's a great buzz here when st mullins played and when palatine plays a good buzz leinster championship is a special thing and i keep saying that to the players like these days don't come around every year for everybody, you know, to do for the girls like Leinster final, uh, but we had a fantastic run. I think we played forty-three matches outside of Carlo. I think we lost five of them. I think that's that's the record. But fantastic days, great crowds, great support from Carlo people everywhere, and I suppose we won our fair share more so. And people would often say, "Would you rather have won one All Ireland and five Leinsters?" And I personally believe that if if we won one of the All Irelands early on, we wouldn't have won as many after Leinster's. Yeah, that, so that, that's a fair. That's yeah, a f- I've um, heard that before, and yeah. I can't disagree. Yeah, um, with it. Yeah, no, the yeah. we had great days, great days, yeah. and great battles with different teams from different counties, and yeah, there were special days. But they're gone. It's you know, yeah. next, nearly, nearly thirty years now. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to believe it, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah, it is. But yeah. look, it's a fantastic memories. Um, great health out of it, great friends out of it, and great memories, yeah. Yeah, and so next Sunday, you're, you're bringing it on. Hopefully, you'll have those memories to look back on. Ah, yeah, but sure, look. Any opposition, look, they're yeah. there to be beaten. Yeah, of course they are, and so are we. But, like, 
we'll be doing our very best to make sure that we win on Sunday. Um, it's going to be a great day for everybody involved, um, and we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, Brendan, listen, thanks very much for coming on the Across the Four Legs podcast. Thanks, mate. You're welcome. Thank you. Sorry.